Hello, everybody. Welcome back to How Did I Get Here? And I'm going to make a quick explanation for those of you who do not know what the program is about yet. How Did I Get Here? is a show where we live our best lives on the internet, come out the other side knowing more but not feeling all that much smarter. What does that mean? That does not make any sense. No, it does not. But in time, in due time, yes, it will. That is what the show is about. And I am your host, Jay. I've recently gone blonde, and according to Diane, that means I'm supposed to be more fun. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Right. That's, a, that's literally the saying, blondes have more fun. Blonde is more fun? Blondes have more fun. Why? You know what? You're the least American, Korean-American person I've ever met in my life. Why would blondes have more fun? That's just a saying. I have never heard that saying. There's this idea that you're like… You're bright physically. Like appearance is brighter. So you're more carefree. That's the idea. Interesting. Yes. I could see that taking a twist. Can't in believe a very negative I have to explain way. American colloquialisms too. Gotcha. I'm sorry I'm not from the Bay Area. No, this and is don't America. Know about these. It's America. <laughs> it's America. It's America. Anyway guys, welcome to the show. Before we start today, I do want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a review. Also, check out our clips on youtube.com slash dive studios. Don't forget to subscribe with the notifications on to be able to see our content first. All right. Let's dive into the meat of today. And the main topic for today is who invented the question mark? Very interesting question. I wonder who came up with this. <laughs> I am so intrigued. You know what's so funny? It really what? was like 2 in the morning like… Oh, I need to jot this down. Because, <laughs> you know, my mind wandered. What a random question. Your mind is very interesting. You don't like… Uh, you don't you don't think like linguistics is interesting as someone who's bilingual? I don't. <laughs> Damn. I just want to… I just want to get by. You don't know like why words are the way they are. Nope. Why… Sentence structures differ between languages and stuff. Like what's being prioritized socially. Oh wow. That's really deep. I didn't even consider that. Linguistic studies. I think linguistics considers all of that. And also just like um, certain sounds. There's like names to them. Like when yeah. people learn about linguistics. Uh-huh. It's like uh, the way like you roll your L's. Like it's they know like the muscle you use. Uh. And like what like… Diphthongs and stuff like that, yeah. Diphthongs? Yeah, diphthongs. That's like a way of pronouncing letters. That like some people who are born speaking a certain native language uh-huh. would have while others don't. Diphthong. Yeah, diphthong. Diphthong. Oh my god, yes. What? That's a real thing, Jay. Look it up. Show me the <laughs> evidence you support. Look it up, look it up. <laughs> look it up, look it up. <laughs> yeah, diph, diphthong. Diphthong. A, a sound formed by the combination of two vowels in a single syllable, in which the sound begins as one vowel and moves towards another, as in coin, loud, and side. Coin. Yeah. Loud. Sign. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sa and then mm. Mm. Like not, not then, separating mm. the two. Loud. Like, you know, in Korean, it's a lot like the syllables are separated. Oh, it's like ka. Yeah. Ka. Yeah, like… Like, Mabasa. like kape. Oh, kape. Yeah. What did I say? Well, kape? actually, that's a bad example. But you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Actually, that's really interesting. Like, side. Instead of just saying side. Side. Yeah. It's yeah. all separated. Yeah. Oh, that's why… That's why Korean people say that English is very kulong kulongs. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, someone… Um, I think someone said like their Korean mom described hearing English as like waves going. And then Korean is like uh, the rock that skips across the water. Oh. Korean sounds really cool though, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that a biased opinion? No, I think a lot of people agree about that. They especially like Korean, people right? who are fans of K-pop. They, yeah. uh, especially if it's not um, a language they know. It, yeah, they yeah. say they, it's really pleasant. Especially in like… Hip hop a lot of the times. Yeah. It works really well. There's a beat to it. There's a rhythm, you know? Um shoot, I was gonna say something. Oh yeah, going back to your how we got this question. Uh-huh. You got it at 2 a.m. in the morning. I hate it. Don't you hate it when you're it's something work related and you're like you're just about to go to sleep. And you feel it coming. You feel like <laughs> sleep beckoning. Yeah. And all of a sudden this thought pops into your head. Whether it's lyrics. It's a melody. Whether it's a question or something for work. And you're like I have to write this down. And I'm going to forget if I don't. But is it worth it? Oh I have yeah a lot of that. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that. And then you look at it the next morning. And you're like what is this? It's not worth it. <laughs> what is this? Ramblings of a mad person. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. <laughs> You're like, you. Uh, I can just see you with the rest of the members of Day 6 being like, yo, 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 I came up with some great lyrics. And then you're… And I look at it and I'm you, like… As oh. you're reading it, you just start fading like, uh, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Dude, okay. Anyway, off topic. But we're gonna go into the question of today. Who invents the question mark? Starting point. A history of punctuation in English. C-section evolution of symbols. Punctuation? Question mark. So this is the meat of the topic. In the 7th century, Isidore of Seville resurrected the dots originally proposed by Aristophanes. Who is Aristophanes? Is that how you say his name? I have no idea. Aristophan. Aristophan is a is a is a person from the 3rd century BC. Whoa. And he lived in Greece. And he offered a solution to the completely run-on writing styles of the Greek language. So what he did was, the original Greek language was featured by spaces between letters, words, clauses, or sentences, right? So Aristophanes, fans, phones, fans, Aristophanes proposed that writers use three types of dots to allocate the appropriate pause between formal parts of speech. Type 1, a dot located in the bottom denoted a short pause like a comma, right? So the bottom one's a comma. Middle one was an intermediate pause like a colon. I'm going to assume top is full stop, uh, middle is colon, and then bottom is comma. Ah. So that is a system that he created. Yeah. And then the Roman Empire came. And then once they gained power over, over the Greek uh, politics that they're writing, right? They said, oh, Cicero of the Romans said that speakers should exert discretion over his or her rhythm of speech and not be bound by dots or punctuations. So that was all scrapped. Hmm. For the time being. Right? And then in the 7th century, Isidore Seville resurrected the dots. Going back to what I started with. Originally proposed by Aristophanes. Yes. So that's the history of what happened. Wow. Hmm. Do you think you have a good grasp on punctuation? Hell no. Really? Yo, my… Okay, this is my theory about the current generation. Autocorrect has ruined us all. Really? Autocorrect has ruined my life. With English spelling especially. 
Mm. Not just punctuation. I've never been good at punctuation. I put semicolons where colons are supposed to be. I still don't know the difference. Mm. But this is where I really care. When you're texting and when you're tweeting things and you spell something wrong. I mean punctuation, I'm, I know I'm going to get it wrong. So I accept it. But when I spell something wrong, I just crazy. Yeah. Because when I spell it wrong, it looks right. And then when I do the autocorrect, it looks wrong. You ever have that happen to you where you look at a word for so long that starts looking weird? Mm-hmm. It happens to me all the time. And I don't know what's right, what's wrong anymore. Hence, autocorrect has ruined us all. I was so good at spelling back in the day when there was no autocorrect on my phone. Yeah. My my autocorrect always gets it wrong. So like… What? Like you know when it like auto-predicts what word you're trying to spell? Oh yeah. It'll yeah. always auto-predict the word that I'm not trying to spell. How do you spell your words for autocorrect to be wrong? Well, it's like, you know, it's like a big… The front half of the word is like commonly used as like… A, what is a suffix? A commonly used suffix? Prefix? Prefix. Prefix. Not suffix. You're getting all grammar on me. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> grammar is not my my field. I abuse the semicolon. <laughs> I, I feel like some people are scared of the semicolon. I abuse it. What's the semicolon for? It's used for many things. That's why it's easy to you like use. Okay, then. Okay. Um, semicolon is really good for connecting two similar lines of thoughts, mm-hmm. but can stand as two separate sentences. Oh. But it's like one sense wouldn't necessarily make sense without the other. Okay. Yeah. You know? Okay. Or uh, for lists, it's really good. So if your list isn't just like one-worded things. Like if you're going like, I'm going to get carrots, tomatoes, potatoes. You would obviously use like a comma. Mm. But if your list is like probably examples of ideas or concepts, Mm. you'd probably use a semicolon. He went to pull the sword from the stone. Semicolon. He also went to find Merlin. Uh, (laughs) Did you just (laughs) wink at me when you said that? (laughs) Um, I wouldn't use it like that. So what was the first sentence? He went to pull the sword from the stone. He went to pull the sword from the stone. Semicolon. Um, the the stone that meant a lot to the people of that town. Oh, it's just a it's a comma. Sort of. You could just use it as a comma. It doesn't make it. it, it you could, yeah. yeah. They're interchangeable, but sometimes um, it makes sometimes it makes more sense when it's you're connecting ideas. Oh. Rather than like, because commas sometimes are for lists and yeah. um, quickly specifying one specific thing. So like, Mister or like Doctor Mullaney, comma, a dentist at my local whatever hmm. hospital or something, comma. It's really fun hmm. knowing <laughs> grammar and punctuation just makes it easier to express your thoughts and ideas. You people make it harder for the rest of us. <laughs> no, it's, it's fun articulating with specificity. You can't speak. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the species, <laughs> the species that causes turmoil with no, grammar. No, you're a writer too. You're like a poet because you write songs. Yeah, but I don't write punctuation. Yeah. Diane is the type of person on Twitter to be like, you got your wrong. No. Yes. Because I get it wrong and I delete it and I repost oh, shoot, it real too. fast. Me too, me too, me too. <laughs> I literally had a tweet, please take me off your notification alert for Twitter. Oh my goodness. Because my nightmare is just seeing one person just getting an alert over and over of me retweeting the same thing because I kept spelling something wrong. Or you doing- could turn off notifications? Like, for yeah. 
Maybe I should turn off notifications. No, 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 no. Like you, they have to turn off notifications from you. Oh, tell people to yeah. Turn it so off. I told people like, do not turn on notifications for my tweets because you will get <laughs> five in a row of me just deleting or reposting because I kept like omitting a word or uh, getting a word wrong. That happens to me all the time. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good times, guys. Do you have a lot of drafts in your tweets? Do I have a lot of drafts? Yeah. I do, but that's only because I'm wondering if they're PC. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like a lot of things where like… I'm not sure anymore. Because I've been in Korea for so long. Yeah. It's really hard to gauge whether it's okay. So I have a room that yeah. I pass like… Tweets through. Lyrics through. Ideas through. To make sure that it's completely PC. Yeah. You know? And like even that room, there will be some things that come out and that… They say RPC that aren't. Yeah. I don't know. And I just… I don't know anymore. Like you can't say anything. So I have to look at my screen for like five minutes and just… Sit there like… Is saying no or yes to this okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even context anymore. It's, it's, is Y-E-S okay? And I just sit there pondering <laughs> that. And then in the end, I have a lot of drafts because I go, it's not worth it. And I scrap it. Yeah. I, yeah. That same. I'm always like, do I need to say this? Yeah. And 99.9% of the time, no. <laughs> yeah. You do not need to say it. For, yeah. for the world to keep spinning, you don't need to say it. <laughs> you realize that the world doesn't care about you. <laughs> the world moves on just fine, fine without you. Without you saying your opinion on the Game of Thrones finale. <laughs> yeah. And 99.9% of the time, these tweets or ideas or things that you put in your draft because it's not worth it, weren't even like crazy things. They're literally just like… I like cheese. And, and then you're, you're like, like that you you don't need to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. And then you're also thinking, is this gonna offend someone that doesn't eat cheese? Oh yeah, it's like I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah. Like I that's literally what I think about. Yeah. You are lactose intolerant. Well yeah, I mean that too. <laughs> but, yeah, that's why I haven't been tweeting or like posting too often. Mm. I don't even like to use words anymore because there's always gonna be someone that's offended by anything. Yeah. You know? It's oh. like, is it worth it? I don't think so. Life goes on. World moves without me tweeting. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Okay. So that was the history. And now we're going to go to the origin of the question mark. Which is, I feel like, the same thing. Maybe it'll give us a more concise meaning of it. Oh, okay. Here are a couple theories about how the question mark was formed. Oh, no one knows for sure? Yeah, no one knows for sure. Mm. Okay. Rather fittingly. The origins of the question mark are clouded in myth and mystery. One of the most appealing stories links the curve of the question mark to the shape of an inquisitive cat's tail. Whoa. I love that. It's dope. This feline connection is either attributed to the ancient Egyptians, who were of course famed for their worship of cats, or to a monk who took inspiration from his curious pet cat and included the symbol in his manuscript. Interesting. A parallel story suggests that the exclamation mark derives from the shape of a surprise cat's tail. That's cool. Sadly, like many of the most charming and amusing origin stories, there is no evidence to back up this tale. Mm. Get it? Hmm? Get it? Get what? Tail. Tail. Oh, I just got that. <laughs> Round of applause, everybody. Woo! <laughs> well written. Love. Only a writer would catch on to that. <laughs> Okay. Another possibility links the question mark to the Latin word questio 
question. Supposedly in the Middle Ages, scholars would write questio at the end of a sentence to show that it was a question, which in turn was shortened to quo. Eventually, the Q was written on top of the O before steadily morphing into the rec- recognizable, into the modernly recognizable question mark. Oh, oh. that does make sense. Oh, I could totally see that happening over the generations. Mm-hmm. But once again, there is no manuscript evidence for this theory. I really like the cat one. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. That makes so much sense. That's so human. I know. A little Aww. cat's tail. Yeah. With a question mark. It was curved. All the way to the butt and then down. Yeah. His body. That's kind of cute. I like that. That would be so hard to figure out what was like a question or not. Yo, someone needs to make a logo like that. It's a cat's tail. Yeah. As Some, a question mark. Someone make that. Yeah, <laughs> legit. Someone make that. Hashtag kudu. What? <laughs> Hashtag kudu. Hashtag kudu. <laughs> or put it in our Discord, please. Yes, sir. Okay. So this is the story. This next one is the story of the mostly accepted accepted theory. Oh, okay. The story accepted by most involves Aculine of York, an English scholar and poet born in 735, who was invited to join the court of Charlemagne. The God in 781. <laughs> Once there, Alcuin became one of Charlemagne's chief advisors and wrote a great number of books, including some works on grammar. In the early ages, punctuation was limited to a system of dots at different levels. Recognizing the limitation of the system, Alcuin created the punctus interrogatifus, point or point of interrogation. This mark was a dot with a symbol resembling a tilt or a lightning flash above it, representing the rising tone of voice used when asking a question. Oh, and then that spread rapidly through the court of Charlemagne into other centers of learning. Huh. But it wasn't until the 7th century, 17th century, that the question mark gained the familiarity rules and the form that it uses today. And not until the mid-19th century that it was referred to as a question mark. Whoa. I didn't know that. So 1850s and then What would you guys call it? Question mark. <laughs> no, get it? You just asked a question. Oh. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. <laughs> Whoa, what do you think they called it? Make sure to write your in- inquisition marks. Yeah. Well, oh. maybe because potentially literacy wasn't as… Prevalent? Yeah, like there wasn't that high percentage of literacy yet. Prevalent. Possibly. That's um, so interesting. I think it's interesting because I was thinking about that too. How it was supposed mm. to represent the lilt and mm. people, the rhythm and how people speak when they ask a question. Mm. How that's kind of universal. Yeah. Like you, even if you don't know a language, you can probably tell someone's asking you a question because of the rhythm of how yeah. they're saying it. Moraoko? Mm. What other languages do I know? <laughs> uh, Donde es la biblioteca? <laughs> Donde es la, la biblioteca? biblioteca? Uh, uh. Ah, oh, there's uh, always a… Uh? Yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe there isn't. Maybe there are languages that we, we're not familiar with where that lit, lit doesn't exist. But it seems to exist. No. Chinese has it too. Zhongguo Ren Ma. Oh, yeah. So it goes up. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a universal like… Yeah. yeah, I like the rhythm of speech. Yeah. Right? Which goes back to the other article that we had from the guy from the Roman Empire. And then he was saying that, yo, we shouldn't have punctuations because it impedes on the original flow 
and rhythm of speech, <laughs> which was. This guy was speaking at like the Holy Roman Empire version of the Breakfast Club. Yeah. He's like freestyling. He's like, yo, I don't need punctuation marks for, the my, for my eight verse. The Charlemagne of the, of the Roman Empire. Charlemagne of the Roman Empire Breakfast Club. Oh my goodness. Wait, who? Which, which one was this? Um, Let me find it real quick. Because he was the guy who said, we don't need punctuation. Because that also kind of makes sense in itself. Cicero. So Cicero said that speakers should exert discretion over his or her rhythm of speech. That's so interesting that they like thought those things were so important back then. Yeah. Your rhythm of speech. It's how you groove, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Music has always been… Music has always been the backbone of everything, I think. In life. Yes, because like spoken poetry kind of… Yeah. Is, you have spoken poetry with, which has a rhythm in it. Not necessarily music behind it. But then right. you have rap. Which right. is kind of like a spoken spoken poetry with music. As a backing rhythm. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised if in that period and age… People… Like you know how people… People uh, show that they are different. And they are unique and individualistic. By the way they dress. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes by the way they talk. Maybe it was by the rhythm of how they talk that they express their individuality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that 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 uh, that exists in writing fiction. How yeah. different characters have different ways of speaking, um, and if you look at Shakespeare plays, the rhythm of Shakespearean you yeah. know, sonnets and stuff like that. There's a rhythm to it, but it's not like a musical or anything. Yo, you know Shakespeare came up with. The world is your oyster. Oh, really? Did you know that? No. Isn't that wild? <laughs> I thought that was a modern term. It sounds so modern. His impact though. <laughs> the power of Shakespeare. Wow. <laughs> anyway, going back. We got off topic. No, it's all on topic. It is. It is all on topic. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump straight to the last article today. It says, The Mysterious Origins of Punctuation. And BBC says, So this is exactly what we we're talking about. Commas. Semicolons and question marks are so commonplace. It seems that they are always there. But that's not the case. Oh, okay. So this is… This is a more in-detail… Descriptional story of what happened. And why Aristophanes was so sick and tired of the original system. And decided enough is enough. And created the new system. Let's go. In the 3rd century BC… In the Hellenic Egyptian city of Alexandria, a librarian named Aristophanes had had enough. He was chief of staff at the city's famous library, home to hundreds of thousands of scrolls, which were all frustratingly time-consuming to read. For as long as anyone could remember, the Greeks had written their text so that their letters ran together. With no space or punctuation. They wrote that with no space or punctuation. I can totally see what the problem is here. Yeah. And without any distinction between lowercase and capitals, it was up to the reader to pick their way through this unforgiving mass of letters to discover where each word or sentence ended and next began. So that's where the whole problem came about and then he created it. Yeah. Well, I'd be so pissed off if I had to read something like that. Well, well, sometimes uh, I get confused by Korean because I feel like my vocabulary is not big enough. So when I see Mm. a sentence, I can't tell if I'm reading a name of a place. Or if I'm reading like a word. Oh, especially like the Romanized Korean, right? Yeah. Where it's like English or like 
Yeah. Other languages' names yeah. that are in Korean. I had the hardest time reading. I'm that. like, I, I would be sounding it out. I'm like, I've never heard of this word before. And I realize I'm saying someone's name. Like, I'm Alexander. Like, ah. Yeah. Alexandria. Oh. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, Alexandria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. I get why um people were developing like stuff like capitalizing to yeah. make it cleaner to read or easy to understand. Yeah, even the space in between like words, the invention of that must have been game changing. Like, what? <laughs> we have to use so much more paper. <laughs> That's what they thought. Anyway, yeah. Wow, good for you, Aristophanes. How do you say his name? It's driving me crazy. I'm gonna look it up. What? You are not saying. Okay, right. I want you to. <laughs> Aristophanes? Is that what they said? That does actually sound very Greek. Yeah, what that sounds the? about right. Aristophanes? Aristophanes. Aristophanes. Okay, I want you to. What I want you to you put saying? this what in. What were you Aristophanes. <laughs> <laughs> Aristophanes. 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 Oh, it's Aristoph. Wait, what? Aristophanes. Aristophanes. We'll watch again. Aristophanes. Aristophanes. Okay, I want oh. you to put this in every time I said Aristophanes. <laughs> no, Ready? No, no, no. Aristophanes. Oh, Aristophanes. I'm so sorry. Stephanes. <laughs> Aristophani. I'll do a couple Stephani? different versions. When Stephani? <laughs> Because I did, I did some with question marks. I'll do a couple of different versions. No, we're not. Hey, we're hey what's your editor's name? No, no. Editor. <laughs> we are not doing that. Colin, you did not have to do that. <laughs> Aristophanes? Wait, what? <laughs> we forgot. I forgot. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so unlike yeah. names we know. I guess it's like… Aristophanes. Uh, Aristophanes. 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 Like Aristotle. I like Aristotle, yeah. Yeah, Aristophanes. 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 That's enough. Use those and put them in place. Please. 100% count. Do not Please. do that. Please. <laughs> They'll take forever. Count. I know your name now. <laughs> Don't make me mispronounce Please. it. Because <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Alright. Now that we have answered your questions of today. Of who invented the question mark. What was the question mark? We figured out and learned a lot of new things. The question mark… Was created. Because… Well first spaces were created. And then punctuation itself was created. Because nothing made sense. And it was all run on sentences. Yeah. Just no spaces. So it took forever to read manuscripts. And therefore… Eventually led to yeah. the question mark. The greatest benefactor of humankind. Laziness. True. Created the invention of… Punctuation. Yeah. Yes sir. Okay, now that we've answered your questions, or I'm just kidding, now that we've answered our questions for today, we're gonna answer some of yours. But before that, we're gonna rest our weary ears. And this next one is called 50 Proof. These still winter sunsets, eat all alone, watching the moon rise, asking not enough. Why? How you've been doing? You sleeping alright? I worried it is to wake you up at night. You know I hide, but you don't know why. At the same. 
Hope you enjoyed that song. We're going to move on to the questions that you've had for me this week. And the first question comes from at I'm the conch shell. Wow. Okay. Serious question number 101. What do you think of your name, Jay? Jay? I don't know. What do I think of my name? I have no problems with my name. I'm okay. Well, you go by uh, Jay. I go by Jay. Yeah. But it's actually Jaehyung? Yeah, in Korean, yeah. it's Park Jaehyung, and then in English, it's Jay. But you also didn't you go by Brian? I did go by Brian Dennis Park when I was younger. Dennis. I'm a Dennis. The so not Korean. Yeah, I love that name by the way. Dennis, Dennis is crazy. Dennis is awesome. That's a cool name. That's a really cool name. BD. BD. BDP. What? Oh, Brian Dennis Park. Gotcha. <laughs> you know what I've been thinking about as well? If I ever have children and if I ever have a daughter, I kind of want to give her like a, a non-female name. Yeah. Like that's, Sam. That's very Southern of you. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. Southern it, people do that. Yeah. It's like very individualistic. Like Ryan. That's cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Like you may get made fun of when you're younger. No, not not really? not these generations. Really, these, these generations people have really interesting names. Yeah, cause I I knew this one girl. She was my friend in college, or like she was acquaintance, I guess. And her name was Drew. So I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Oh, like Drew Barrymore. It's the coolest thing. That's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like that's already been a thing about like a uh, female being named Drew. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I think like more male names are kind of cool. Did you go by like your friends in high school called you Brian? No, they this was you... like in Argentina oh. or in Canada. Yeah, but you but in high school you were called J. J. Elementary school J. Uh, middle school J. And in high school J. Yeah, J. All J. And then Korea I suddenly became Jaehyung all of a sudden, and I was like, I've no, never you heard still that. go by J. I I do, but when I first came to Korea, because yeah. I came for K-pop star during the first. Till K-pop from K-pop star till debut, which was about four or five years, five years, I was called Jeho. Mm. So that kind of tripped me out. It was like someone would be like Jeho, and I'd be like, it wouldn't trigger in my mind. That oh, like, you know. What does your mom call you? Jeya. Oh. Or Jee Jeyonga? I don't know. She says Jeyonga. She calls me Jeedong a lot. Jeedong. Yeah, it's my dog's name. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> All right. I hope that answers your question. Second question. At Sky for six. Day one asking Jake questions. What's your own definition of success? Success is relative. I think anyone can agree. 
Success is whatever you define success as. Success for me, my life ambitions, uh, my goal has always been to be respected. That's all I want. Money is secondary to me. Money would be nice to have. It'd be great because I don't have to worry about anything and I'm all about being efficient. I don't want to stress for the rest of my life. But if I were to choose between being respected and having money, I would probably choose being respected. What about you? Success. Hmm. That you're always um, moving things along so that you're never in a place where you, you're feeling like you're not doing what you want to do. Interesting. So being productive is successful for you. Yeah. Or just like… Um, I think people feel pressured to choose one thing. Even if in the moment it makes them the happiest. Mm. And when that might stop. Being mm. afraid that like they're not allowed to stop liking something. Or mm. being in love with something. Or like pursuing something else. Mm. So it's just kind of like just keep things moving along. And feeling like you're never going to for- get stuck in a place where mm. you're feeling like out of love with something. Mm, I like that a lot. I like, I, that, to me that's successful in terms of just like I've successfully navigated a life. Mm. Where I've ke- I just kept moving things along. The ability to stay passionate mm-hmm. is what success is for you. Yeah. I like that a lot actually. Mm. Wow that's a good one. <laughs> uh, well, that makes me kind of think. Damn I should tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> no but um… I guess one other thing. And this might be a little bit… Mm, it wouldn't have to do with the question. But I see a lot of my friends… Or not even my friends. I feel… I see a lot of acquaintances and people who are around me becoming really comfortable. And… According to that, when you're when you want to stay lit with a passion for your work or whatever it is, something in life, when you become comfortable, I think it becomes extremely hard to stay passionate and stay fired up mm-hmm. for something. Um, being comfortable is great because that means you've established a position or a place where you have been given the luxury of being able to choose to be comfortable. Yeah. But I feel like no matter what you're doing in life, whether you're 50 years old, whether you're 10 years old, whether you're 20 and just beginning your career, you should always, always, always be looking for more. Yeah. And I think wanting more gets you more. Yeah. Yeah. So just a bit of advice from old, <laughs> old Jay. <laughs> old man Jay. Old man Jay. Old man Jay who loves the Dyson. <laughs> yes, sir. And who the. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for watching the show today. I just want to remind you to send me your questions with hashtag Hudiga. And let us know what should be our next big question to search for. You could send us these questions on our Instagram and Twitter at the Dive Studios as well as youtube.com slash dive studios. Also, if you have any specific questions for me, you could send it to me on Twitter at J-A-E underscore D-A-Y-6. Please don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast and we will see you next time. Later. How did I get here? With Jay. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.